I've been in a series that we've entitled, There Is More. And we've been talking about the blessing that God gave to Abraham. God told Abraham, I will bless your family. I will make your name great. I will bless you abundantly. And then we can see in chapter 13 what that looked like. And then he said, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And then he said, I will make you a blessing. And then we've read to you Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, where the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We spent a lot of time talking about that. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on you and I, the Gentiles. And so that same blessing that God gave Abraham is available to all of us. That same, I will bless you and bless those who bless you and you'll be a blessing. And last week, we started talking about how much we want our lives to actually be a blessing. We talked about how the line is so much longer than the dot, and the dot represents this life here. The line represents eternity. And then I shared with you some pretty big news that we have an opportunity to purchase a facility. And uh, the facility will house the resource center. Um, They're doing great back here. Uh, They've made some, if you've not been to the resource center, you're all welcome to come over there. They're open during the week. Take a look around. Um, High five our team over there. They're actually doing some incredible, incredible things over there. In fact, I was talking to them just this week. And uh, they said several of their, their friends, so the, the people that um, they have an opportunity to bless and help, they refer to as their friends, um, had breakthroughs during uh, Freedom Night. Just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Uh, they've had the opportunity, some who are ready to just get set free from some addictions. They sent some, uh, one, one individual to, to a, a rehab-type facility. Another one came out of rehab. Um, there was a person who came to the resource center who did not know whether or not Jesus was real, whether or not there was a God, they have decided to follow Jesus. Amen, everyone. Come on. That's a big deal. Other organizations in Oklahoma are finding out about the Your Place Resource Center. They're actually sending people to us other than some of the other organizations. A lot of great organizations out there, Um, but they're sending them to us because in their words, we can tell there's something different about you guys. You love people. We can tell something different. Uh, we have two of our um, resource center staff that are certifying in a program to help uh, build a bridge for people out of poverty. And so they're going to get certifications for that. So it's a big deal. And as of yesterday, we officially got in the mail our certification stating that we are now the resource center, because the church is a nonprofit, but now officially your place resource center is a 501c3 nonprofit. Amen. So, why, why does that matter, Pastor Darian? Because it gives, it gives the Resource Center access to some funding and some different opportunities there that we can continue to help people. We were able to bless the Impact Center here in Pryor, which is a, uh, which is a homeless shelter with over $700 in non-perishable food items. And so we were, we were part to do, able to do that. Um, We assisted two families who lost everything in house fires with emergency needs, found them new homes, and assisted them with their deposits. Come on. This is just in the last few days. Amen, guys? This is just in the last few days. And they've had the opportunity to place three homeless men and two women in the the housing environments that they have available to them. Amen. Amen. So, So why do we need a bigger resource center if we're doing all of that stuff now? Because we could do so much more. If we just had the space to do it, 
which takes me to what I want to talk about today. And, and the, the Bible talks about it in Genesis chapter 2. It's a very familiar story, especially this time of year. The Bible says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that this was, or when he heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where, where the Messiah was to be born. And again, this is legend, has it, right? And it's been passed down generation after generation after generation after generation. So it was not... Um, it didn't catch people by surprise that there was a Messiah coming. It caught them by surprise that he is about to come right now, right? And it's kind of like us looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We've all heard it's going to happen, but we don't want to be surprised when he does. And so they were caught off guard because they had heard that he was going to come, the Messiah was coming, and now these, these magi had come saying, hey, no, 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 he's here. He's here, right? So there, then Herod called, verse 7, then Herod called for the magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too, right? He's trying to kind of be sneaky because that's not at all what he wanted to do. After they had heard uh, the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed because that meant they found the Messiah, the one that had been prophesied about for generation after generation after generation. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route." You know, I think the appropriate response in a season like we find ourselves in now is similar to this. When they found Jesus, they responded by opening their treasuries and presenting him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today. We started down a road last week, and we're going to finish that route this week. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you, and we worship you. And we are so thankful for the Messiah. We're so thankful for Jesus Christ. And we're so, so thankful for the mission and vision that you've given us as your place church right here in Mays County. And Lord, we know that this is a pretty special season for us. And Father, we don't want to shy away from it. We don't want to miss any opportunities. But Father, we want to lean confidently into the opportunities that you have made available to us. And so, Father, we look into your word today, and Father, I pray that you would unlock our understanding and help us to see things about ourselves and about your desires for us that maybe we've never considered before. And Lord, we, we thank you for it, and we trust you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, growing up, it's Christmas, I can still tell you the emotion 
I can still feel the emotion uh, that I had as a little kid when receiving Christmas presents, right? Um, there was one year, and if you worshiped with us, you've heard me talk about it. Eventually, someone's going to get me one of these again because I, it broke on Christmas Day. But Star Wars was a big deal uh, when I grew up. I, I, I saw it when it originally was released in theaters. I'm talking Star Wars 3, which was actually one, right? Star Wars 1, which was actually 3. Anyway, I saw the original, okay? And I wanted a remote-controlled R2-D2, like, robot, right? And I just knew that I 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 knew I was going to get it on Christmas morning. In fact, I knew it so confidently, my mom was like, how do you know? You've been going through my closet, right? You know, it's like, she, so she had already purchased it for me, but I, I just knew that I was going to get it. And I was so excited. I ran it across the street on Christmas Day, and I showed it to my friends across the street who, one of the older ones, stuck it on his coffee table. And he says, let me see that. Grabbed my remote, ran it off the table, and busted it before I could even play with it. I know. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Sad, sad. Uh, I, I remember one year, because again, Star Wars buff, my dad in, had stayed up all night. He's right here in the second row. And him and my mom had built, uh, if you're familiar with uh, The Empire Strikes Back. You didn't know Pastor Darren was a Star Wars guy, did you? Uh, it, but the, the whole, the whole uh, wintry scene from Hoth, where the, you know, the wampa was there, and they had built this whole thing, took up like half the table, built it out of styrofoam, and it looked so cool. I don't think I appreciated appreciated it like I, like it deserved to be appreciated. Uh, and so, but there, I, I can remember these things. I can remember one year I got a 10-speed bicycle and it was just so cool. You know, but I, I, I'll tell you, even as a child, selfishly, Christmas was all about me. I couldn't care about you. I just wanted the presents, right? I, I, we got the catalog in the mail, and I'd go through, and I'd circle, you know, 150 things, and my parents would like, maybe you should narrow that down a little bit, okay? And, and don't get your expectations too high. And I'm like, I'm like, I just want it all. I want it all. Anyway, so I just, I, it was very selfish, and it wasn't until I started to have children of my own that Christmas began to even take on uh, a new meaning. Obviously, when I found out the reason for Christmas is Jesus, and he gave the ultimate gift, then the only thing I wanted to do was I didn't care about receiving presents anymore. I just wanted to be the, the one who gave presents. And so every year, we, um, we did our best to, to save as much as we could because we knew Christmas time was coming, and we wanted to buy our, our kids great presents. Well, likewise, because of that, they, in turn wanted to give us presents. And I'm telling you, some of my greatest gifts that I still have today, my kids gave me. This? I mean, some of you guys, you have a spatula at home, you know, that's like this little weenie little spatula, right? I, I, I put this on my Christmas list, and Tyson got me this for Christmas one year. I use this thing every single day. This is, like the, this is like the Denny's guy, you know what I mean? I'm just like boom, 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 boom on the, on the flat top, right? This thing is awesome. Everybody, you need one of these, okay? This was great. I, I, I got this. I don't remember who got me this, but this right here, this is called a mandolin, okay? You guys chopping onions with a knife, Grow up and get you one of these. 
this baby, like I think this was, I think Bailey got us the, the first one because she wanted, you were doing like drinks and she saw you cutting limes and lemons with it. And so that, now I will tell you, this right here will fillet the snot out of your finger. <laughs> Speaking from experience, okay? Like my fingerprint has changed three times because of this blade right here. But you just, and it's got this little dial here and you can, you can, you can control it and control the thicknesses of it. This thing is amazing. I love this. Then, oh, there's more. I had to wrap this one in a, in a paper towel because our kids got me a knife. Okay, look at that. Just, just, just cut the paper towel. Like, I lost our knives in our move when we moved to our present house. And the kids showed up with this knife set. And I'm telling you, you've seen the guys, you know, that like cut hammers and nails and then they cut around and slice uh, tomatoes with them. That's these knives. This, this is a lightsaber. This, is, this, this thing is sharp, sharp, sharp. And in the actual set, let me see if I brought it. I think I brought it. Um, oh, yes, came this thing. Do you see? It's called a bird's beak. And um, this, this I've, I've changed it. I don't know what to use it for because there came, there, I had a paring knife too. This is an Amazon box opener. <laughs> it's got the little hook on it. I mean, it's, shh, shh, it works out great. Works out great. Everybody needs one of these. These are great. And you know what? These, a lot of these things, they didn't cost a whole heck of a lot, but it was the meaning behind them. Gmall got me a, uh, I, I call it the, it's a dicer, and it's, it's about this big, and I, that's how I, I don't, again, I don't cut onions, and you know, I use the mandolin to slice onions. I'm the cook in the house if you haven't already figured it out, uh, but sometimes you just need to dice those onions up, and she got me this little, this little, uh, this little chopper thing, it's got these blades in the bottom, and you throw your onion in there, and you just go, and it's ready, like it's ready to go. I actually lost that one two weeks ago, it broke. I do need one. Could you get your Amazon out? Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so those things. Taliana already this year has told me what she's getting me for, for Christmas this year. And every year we do, we do um, family. I say every year. Every week we do family dinner. Uh, and so she has already told me, Dad, for Christmas this year, I'm going to do family dinner for you five times. Wow. All right. But, it, but here's the thing. It's not the extravagance of the gift as much as they knew what I liked. They knew me enough that they got me these gifts. And they're, they're special to me because they knew me. And again, it's never been about the size. Giving for some of us uh, is a sacrifice. But it's so honoring to those we give to. Well, that's what the Magi knew. And so they understood that giving was a form of honor and it was a form of worship. They opened, the Bible says in Matthew 2, chapter 10, they opened their treasuries and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh. It was an honor to be able to give. It was an honor to be able to bless, right? We see another account in Scripture in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 7, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table, and a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life, that's all the Bible says, she had lived a sinful life, you can draw your own conclusions there, um, leaned, or learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came 
there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Other accounts will tell you the exact value of that perfume, but it was, it was a lot. As uh, she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And it was such an expression of worship. It was such an expression of honor. In fact, the Pharisee, or the, uh, some of the disciples were like, you sh- we sh- hey, lady, stop doing that. And Jesus was like, uh, chillax. Like, settle down. She's doing this to honor me. And she's doing this. They, they thought it was a waste. They thought, what, what's all this waste? That could have been, so one of them said, that could have been sold and given to the poor, which he was a thief, and he just wanted to, he wanted to seal it. But the point is, Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Her giving sacrificially like this is actually honoring to me. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite of the place where the offering, uh, offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. It'd be like our offering buckets in the back or our several ways we give. Jesus was there and he's paying attention to stuff like that. I've heard people say, Jesus doesn't care about that. Apparently he does because he was in church watching. He was watching. He watched the crowd putting in their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. And it it blessed him, you could tell. She honored God and she honored me because she just, she put it all on, put it all in there. All, he went on to say, all that she had to live on, this simple act of generosity caught the attention of our Lord. But it wasn't how much she gave, but rather how much it cost her personally. And I knew that with my kids. Like, they all saved up their own money. They didn't go to, to, to mom and say, hey, can I have, you know, $20 to buy dad a gift? They did that when they were younger. But now that they were older, they just saved up their own money, and they, they, they bought me things to honor me. And that's the way that God sees it. It's an act of honor. It's an act of um, generosity. He was moved by this woman who gave everything because God considers it an act of worship. You know, for some, um, we can never get past the selfishness and giving becomes too hard for us. And so we never get to the place where we really become the giver that God really sees us being. In fact, I, I, I saw this the other day. Um, if I won, you know, $3 million in the lottery uh, I, this weekend, uh, no, this person says, I did win $3 million in the lottery this weekend, so I decided to donate a quarter of it to charity. Now I have $2,999,999.75, right? Because giving, for some reason, is hard for people. But the, what about those of us who, who want to be generous? What about those of us who actually have a desire to give, who have a desire to do more? I, I like what Dave Ramsey said. Dave Ramsey said, I'm convinced more people would be generous. They're just too broke. 
They're just too broke to do it. They think they can't be generous. Well, what's the answer? How do I, how do I get to the place where I can be a giver, that I can be generous like that? Because I think deep down inside of us, we all want to be. Well, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says, remember this, whoever sows, now remember, he's talking to an agrarian society, they knew weeds and seeds and dirt and rain, and they, they understood all of this. And so he's trying to relate to them in a fashion that they understood. But it, it, we understand this too. Whoever sows sparingly or a little will also reap sparingly or a little. And whoever sows generously, or a lot, will reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. And then he says, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then he goes on to say this, to all the people who think they can't do it, right? He says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Here we go again with God's desire to bless you. Galatians 3, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So many people have a a wrong concept as it pertains to God wanting him to bless his people. The Bible says, and God will bless you and he's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's God's plan for you. That you would be able to abound in every good work. What's a good work? The, the ringers at, at Walmart, ding, 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 You know what I mean? That's a good work. You, when you have plenty, you give more. What, what's, what's plenty? It's looking around church and seeing a family that honestly, you know, the Lord just kind of impresses you. Hey, why don't you take on Christmas for them this year? That's being able to, to give abundantly, or abundantly, bountifully, according to what translation you're reading, to every good work. It means when December the 17th comes and we're going to give this, we're going to receive this one big uh, give offering and we're giving all of it away. That means being able to abound in that opportunity. Does this make sense, friends? Now, he says he's going to bless you, right? God is able to bless us abundantly. Then he goes on to say this in verse 10. Now... He who supplies seed to the sower, pay attention to this. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to miss this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for your food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I'm going to read it again slower. He who supplies seed to the sower. What's, what's the only prerequisite of getting seed? You got to be a sower. You got to at least have a desire to sow. Like, I want to sow. If I just had some seed, God is like, good news. If you want to be a sower, if you want to be generous, I'll start you out 
with some starter seed. Amen, everyone? He says he's going to, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched. Look at this. Well, that's talking about just in eternity. No, no. You will be enriched in every way, the Bible says, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I can't tell you how many times we have given, and sometimes we just do it anonymously. We'll give and we'll just tell, hey, I want you to, you know, we'll, we'll, a lot of times we work through the church office. Hey, we're going to give and we want it to go to this person here and we want this, you know, whatever. And so they'll, they'll take care of it for us. And then that person is just like, oh, thank you, God. Who was it? I can't tell you. <laughs> we, we can't tell you who it was. Oh, thank God, because he is the provider. Amen, everyone? He's the one that dropped it in our heart. We just obeyed. We just obeyed, and we're able to do that more and more and more now because we took our starter seed and planted it. We didn't just eat it. Does that make sense, friends? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for your food. So many people get hung up on the, well, if I give it, then I won't have it. And I got these kids, and I got these bills, and I got all this stuff. No, 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 no. It's not an either or. He provides seed and bread. He is the and and God. He's not saying you're going to have to go without. He says, I'm going to take care of both of them. And who supplies seed to the sower and bread for your food. We trust him in both areas. Amen, everyone? And not only will he supply for you this one time, but he continues to do it because he goes on to say in verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Who's going to do that? Your heavenly father. What is he going to do? Well, he's going to give you starter seed if you're just willing. That's where we went last week. If I could just get the people of your place church to be willing that if this starter seed showed up, oh, buddy, I would give it. And not just give it to myself, but give it to who the Lord directed me to. He could give us some starter seed. Then he will supply, and the Bible says, not just supply, but supply and increase your store of seed. So in other words, you have a little bit of starter seed, you produce a harvest. You take a little bit of that harvest, you sow it again, you get a bigger harvest. You take larger chunks of that harvest, you sow it again, you get bigger harvest. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. What is it all dependent on? Well, chapter, verse 6, whosoever sows, the Bible says. And so my goal this year has been to get the people of your place church just to have a switch on the inside. That's all it takes at first. Just be willing. What does that look like? It looks like in a time of prayer going, okay, Lord, I'm willing. 
Like, if you can get this to me, then, you, then I'll sow it. I'll sow it. And then you work it out with the Lord. You work it out with the Lord because here's what he wants to do. He wants the people of your place, church, to live generous lives. That we don't wait till Christmas to do it. That we give all year long as the Spirit nudges us. Hey, give that person $100. I I was listening to a a mentor of mine. He says everybody should have a peel-off roll. You know what a peel-off roll is? It's a roll of $100 bills in your pocket and you can just peel one off and give it as the Lord directs you. Anybody want a peel-off roll? Amen. I'll take a peel-off roll. Amen. But that's what the Lord wants to do in you and for you if you're willing. That's the hardest part, it seems like, getting willing. December 17th is this one big give. It's two weeks from now. What if we were just to believe God now for seed to sow then? What if we were to get willing today for what's going to happen then? Not to keep it, to give it. And so some of you are right now like, I'd give 100 bucks. Yeah, if, if, if 100 bucks in seed came to me, I'd give 100 bucks. Some of you are saying, I'd give 500 bucks. Some of you are saying, I'd give 1,000 bucks. Some of you are like, I'd give 10,000 bucks, right? If the, Lord, if the Lord got it to me, I'd give $10,000 to, to this one big offering that we're giving all away. Amen, everyone, to help people. We're giving all of it away, every single penny of it away. I'd give, I'd give $10,000. People, there's people in the room looking at me right now going, ain't no one in this room could give $10,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. You. You. But you got to see yourself doing it or you'll never get there. You got to see yourself doing it or you'll never get there. It's just faith works in this area just like it's worked in every other area. There are people in the room, God could use you to give $100,000 and we could give it all away. Amen? Amen. He says he'll give seed to the sower. So what does your starter seed look like? Is it a commission? Like if you got, if you, if you, if you had, if you sold something, okay, Lord, if you could do this, that commission would be this, I'd give it all away. Is it, a, is it a, a cell of an adventure that you have or a, a business? What does it look like in your world? Is it the, the dividends of a stock? Okay, if this, this stock goes up this part, then this much would be, the, I'd give it all, Lord. I'd give it all. I'd use that as starter seed and I'd start the process. Amen. Amen. Does, it, does this make sense, friends? So you got to make it personal to you. You work with the Lord. I know what Tyra and I, we're believing God to sow into this thing. We're believing God to, to, to be used like this. But the, the biggest key is hearing, believing, and obeying. Now, here's the thing. When it happens, don't eat the seed. Because let me tell you what's going to happen right after it happens. You're going to get a flat tire Or, you know what I mean? The Bible says that the enemy comes for the word's sake. If you start becoming a generous person, it's going to tick the enemy off. But guess what? Now that you have a constant supply, who cares? It's an inconvenience to have a flat, but you can pay to get it fixed. You can pay to get brand new tires. Can I have an amen? You can pay to have a brand new car. I don't care. 
You can get a peel-off roll in your pocket and you can be one of the generous people that anybody has ever met if you'll just start. If you'll just get willing. Amen? Now, I need to correct some theology here for just a second. Say, I'm with you, Pastor Darian. I need to correct some theology here for just a second. Tithing is not giving. You're like, what? Tithing is not giving. The tithe literally means the tenth portion. It means for every $10 that you receive, you would give a dollar. That's what that means. The tenth portion belongs to the Lord. And Tyra and I, since we started dating, since before we were married, made this a, a, this is a deal to us. Anytime we receive any type of an increase, the first tenth portion we consider holy and we don't eat it. We don't touch it. It is the Lord's. That means for every $100 that comes in, $10 of it is the Lord's. For every $1,000 that comes in, $100 is the Lord. For every $10,000 that comes in, 1000 is the Lord. Don't stop there. For every 100000 that comes in, 10000 is the Lord. And it doesn't cease to be true the more that comes in. It's still the same principle. So if a million dollars comes in, are you with me? 100000 is the Lord's. If a billion dollars comes in, are you with me? <clears throat> it's the 10th portion. The giving doesn't start until we return the Lord what's already His. Does this make sense? <clears throat> Malachi chapter 3, I'll prove this. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are you robbing me, Lord, in tithes and offerings? And then he says, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. You can't rob somebody of something that isn't theirs. Does that make sense? You can't rob somebody of something that isn't already theirs. The Lord is saying, it's mine. Trust me with it. The number one reason, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the number one reason people are in financial bondage and they can't seem to get out is they're stealing from the very person they're asking to bless them. And then he goes into it, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and then test me, he says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it or store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. Again, they're an agrarian society. This is a big deal to them. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Tithing is returning. Giving, Luke chapter 6 says, give, and it will actually be given back to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together. So the tithe belongs to the Lord. Giving is one penny over the tithe. <clears throat> so if the Lord's going to trust you with some starter seed, it kicks in once you begin returning what's already His. Does this make sense, friends? It's funny. I've been doing this for 30 years. 30 years I've been doing this. And I've been preaching this same message for 30 years because it's scriptural. And I still have the same people who come to me looking for prayer to get out of the financial pressure they're in. And the very first question I ask him is, are you trusting God with what's his? And they will say, no, I can't afford to. And so we're asking the Lord, right? The one that we're stealing from to bless us. And that's a, that's a, that's a low deal. But if we start to trust him, he gives seed to the sower and he increases your store. Listen to some of these stories of people who started trusting God. They wrote these in. Um, every year we get a yearly review and a raise. The industry standard is 3%. No one ever gets more than that. This year, during my yearly review, I got a 6.5% raise. Glory to God. They started trusting God with their giving. Amen. Another person wrote in and said this, I don't make very much, but I've always trusted God with what I have. And I give what he tells me to. So she's trusting the Lord, returning the tithe, and she gives however she feels the Lord has impressed her. And she says, and I can't afford how... But somehow, she says, I couldn't afford to, but somehow I got a brand new roof for my house. Amen. Praise God. And that story repeats again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And I'm telling you, after 30 years of watching people who have been on the bottom start trusting God in this area of their life. Today, they are on top and they are able to give abundantly to all those areas. Not because they trusted us, because they trusted God. They trusted God. Amen, everyone. Every time we receive any sort of an increase, we tithe off of it. Then the extra, we just listen to God about. Matthew chapter 2. They opened their treasuries and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men got it. They understood it. Amen. So my question to you is, on December the 17th, what's your starter seed? What are you trusting God to be able to do that we can give 100% of it away? And then... What are you trusting God to do for your family? Because he says he gives seed and bread. He gives seed to the sower and bread for you and your family. And Christmas meal. And Christmas presents. And that trip that you're believing God to take. He gives seed to the sower and bread for your food. And it's hard Not to make a message like this sound like if you give, you'll get. But that's what the scripture says. The motivation from the Magi and the motivation for us 
is honor and it's worship. Just like my kids giving me these gifts. Dad, we just knew you wanted it and it honored me. Amen, everyone. So this is what my challenge is. You just pray about it. You just pray about it. We never tell anybody what to give. We just say, you have a conversation with God. You hear, you believe, you obey, and then watch what 2024 looks like for you. Because if it's anything like it's looked for some of the people who worship with us, it's going to be a good year. Amen? Stand up with us.